Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 132 of the Peak of Serenity podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Namely. Hello. And this week, we are going to finally tackle a topic that we've been meaning to talk about for several weeks now. Uh, The new way that BOEs are going to work in uh in vault of the incarnates it's and you might be wondering like why that's such a topic it's a big difference there's some big changes there um we're also probably going to talk a little bit about our experiences with the new and revamped thundering effects and uh and go over some stuff with the pre-patch event which presumably will be starting in a couple of weeks yes yes uh, but before we get into that, how was your uh, raid weekend, Um, It was unfun, I'll say. Mm. We, had, we, had a, we had a very, very trying time, I'll say, on Sylvanas. So, oh, um, boy. Yeah, I mean, we... we uh, I, I, won't, I don't actually remember if we killed everything or not. We... Actually, as I'm talking, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we just... We did not have the best time on old, old Sylvanas this week. Essentially mm. wiped her for probably like three of the eight hours we we sort of raid every week oh man um so it was uh it was like definitely like an hour on tuesday and then most of the day thursday was spent wiping to her and it was uh just very very unfun i'll say um yeah um we had a bunch of wipes too on andon actually so we did a we did a mountain run um basically wiped on anduin for like an hour um God. which is funny like and then wiped to to who else a couple times lords probably uh no one shot lords nice <laughs> nice like, yeah awful um so spent probably like two hours in sanctum or sorry sepulcher getting mounts and then the rest of the raid on thursday wiping to sylvanas never to be fair never seeing the final phase or seeing the final phase like once um and that oh, was so you it. Didn't, you didn't kill Sylvanas? No, 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 oh, no. Man. And it's to me, it's the last boss kill I need for the meta achievement. So like, oh man, I think I probably only have one I'm more actually, shot. I'm putting together the spreadsheet now for our meta achievement stuff. As far as I know, the meta achievement for Faded is obtainable during uh, the pre patch. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, you have five more chances during pre-patch. Because but we should it... get everything faded during pre-patch. Like they said at some point it was turning on. Like if they're not going to turn it on the pre-patch, when are they going to turn it on? Dragonflight? That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So ho- hopefully they do turn it on everybody because uh, that is that is literally the only boss I need to kill. Like I've killed every other boss multiple times at this point on faded. Um, and so, yeah, I really want really want that Sylvanas kill. But it was... Uh, it's just a rough week, um, in terms of in terms of it's just like one of those. I, I don't know if your guild has these, but it's one of those weeks where like just nothing goes right. It's like yeah, you start like we. I think like um, like Argo was out or our, our main tank was out for part of the night. He was sick. Um, yeah, Tuesday and then had internet issues Thursday. Yeah, sick. All, yeah, he's been sick for a while. Um, but then he had like internet issues on Thursday, so literally missed the entire raid night. I think it finally cleared up like an hour with an hour left in the night. At that point, we were deep into Sylvanas' wipes, so it's just like, I don't... Yeah. Um, 
But yeah. yeah, it was just one of those raid weeks where it's just like nothing goes right. You wait to a bunch of stuff you should kill. And there's like a general like, I don't know, you could feel like the morale like just drop a little bit. So yeah, like I mean, in there next week. That that was, I would say, how our Sunday last week was. Um, we went in, we had the whole evening to work on Denathrius and we didn't get it. And yeah. I've talked a bunch in Guild about reasons for us not getting it. So I don't really want to like rehash it all here. But it was a frustrating experience for all involved, I'll say. Um, And then the next day, one of our tanks quit. Oh, Jesus. So I am back in tank jail. Which, among other things, among other things, um, resets my portal progress. Oh, that's right. Well, does it? I thought it was account wide. The I don't think it is. I don't think so. Oh, interesting. That's um, awful. Because, like, I mean, may, like the the so I didn't actually complete any of the individual meta achievements for the raids mm-hmm. on the mage. I was missing Denathrius, Sylvanas, Jailer, and Painsmith. Gotcha. And everything else knocked out. Um, and generally, like quest or achievement progress is not account wide. Um. Unless I like specifically mark it that way. It's just the achievements themselves are account wide. So if I had like completed one of these achievements, that would count. Yeah. But oh, getting awful. getting like nine out of ten on the achievement probably doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to get the portal or not, which kind of sucks. But just with everything else, um, and how the season has generally been going for us, we decided to basically take this week and next week off. Uh, we did a mount clear this week because it's non-faded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next week we are taking entirely off. So we uh, spent like, we had one of those nights where we actually were like crushing it, kind of got to the jailer. First pull, we're at like, you know, 10% and we wipe. It's like, great, this is going to be a quick night. And an hour later, we finally kill it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, those are those are always tough nights. Yeah, those are those are those are the type of nights where it's just like you need like you need somebody in the guild to like crack a joke or like to say something to like cut like the ice. And like, yeah, that person like the problem with that joke is it either goes one of two ways. And, and unfortunately I think in our raids, they typically go not the good way. It's like the, <laughs> you joke with the wrong person. It sort of just sets everybody down or like you, you basically yeah. hit the other side of it where you hit the joke and everybody laughs. It's like, okay, we can loosen up a little bit. And yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, those are, those are always, yeah, tough, tough raid nights, but, but yeah, um, so we don't have raid tonight. Um, and I'm back tanking and sit, sat down today to sort out a little bit of how many, like what bosses we actually still need to kill. Gotcha. And as I'm going through this, we actually need uh, more than I expected. Um, in Sepulcher in particular, like we have a couple okay. of people that just haven't killed Vigilant Guardian, which I mean, we have to kill for mounts, right? Yeah. So we yeah. just got to make sure that we put them in for mounts, uh, for Vigilant on our mount runs. But then like somebody hasn't cleared Skolex. Um, that's weird so we gotta put them in for Skolex I mean it's a healer and we like I don't know if we three heal or two heal that like we we something small heal that and um, so they just hadn't ended up being in on it gotcha yeah I guess guess we probably have a couple people like that because we at least healer wise because we basically yeah 
we sort of try and keep our healers like the same through like a bunch of bosses without trying yeah. to swap them. It just makes it easier. So makes sense. Makes sense. So there's there's a few of those. I don't know that everybody like I know that not everyone cares about getting the portals. Uh huh. I care. I know a couple of other people do care, and so we're going to try and knock out people people's portals for those that care during pre patch. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I'm like the big wild card because I don't want to like say okay we have to full clear all three instances so Isaac can get his portals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. And it's end bosses, right? It's not the easy bosses to swap in somebody else to tank. We have another player that can come in and tank, but they haven't actually tanked these three bosses on Mythic. Gotcha. So that's another, like, I would... I'm going to be tanking them on Mythic again because I tanked them the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the achievement progress itself is not account-wide, I still have to clear all of the other bosses, including such favorites as Kel'Thuzad. Fate Scribe. Oh. Oh. A lot of them. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel bad. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry for that. But, you know, that's that's how it goes. It is funny. Um, I don't remember. I think we were doing, like, we were just starting the, the new podcast version yeah. at, at this time. But, like, at the end of um, Nihilotha, I also switched to DPS for a couple of months. Oh really? I played my hunter, and I then remember. yeah, and then I ended up going back tank. Um, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, you can't you, once you're a tank, you're always a tank. I feel like you know, get out for a little bit, you go back. Unless you're me, and then you just quit guilds if they make you tank. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, no, not for you. I just yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> Well, yeah. Cool. Well, not bad. Not bad. Um. Well, awesome. Well, I mean, I guess as we move into sort of the weekend review, not much. I guess the weekend review and really our main topics are kind of the same thing. It's all somewhat Dragonflight focused. Um. Yep. But uh. But first up is the PTR this week was updated. So PTR not beta, but PTR was updated with the pre patch event. Um. So you can go and test that, and it's very uh very very light will say in terms of of content is the nice way of putting it. Essentially, there are specific zones where a specific set of elementals will come and invade, and you will go to that zone, repel the invasion, fight a boss, and get a currency that you can use to buy either transmog gear. I think it's eye level 250-ish, 252. 252. Yep. Um, so it's like the catch-up gear you could you could bring an alt to. Um, or if you um, loot a specific item off the end boss of these invasions, um, if you loot one off of each type of elemental, um, you can combine them to make a trinket, an heirloom trinket, um, to use while leveling, you know, an alt or something like that. So um, it's really I. So funnily enough, I did this on beta um, for about twenty minutes, um, and it's just it's boring. It's, it's like you've. The zone timer comes up, you fly over there, you kill some mobs, the boss comes out, you kill the boss, and you move on. I mean, that's that's what the Legion invasion one was. That's true. I mean, it's not it's no different. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I guess it's no different. It's just I feel like it would have been cool if they and, and this is so I think this is it. Cause I, I I thought I'd read that they might be ramping this up. So it would be interesting to see if there was like a escalation point of this, like in a week right. or something, it right. sort of ramps up, but it didn't. I don't remember reading anything like that. So, 
Yeah. Um, I think the most important piece of this pre-patch event is actually the transmog. And in particular, ooh, that's the wrong one. Uh, in particular, the uh, plate set. Like the oh. others, the others can kind of like get bent, but the plate set is both uh, unique. There is not another set that looks like this. And very cool. This is like very solid, you know, just, just you want to look like a knight. This is the this is the transmog set for you. This is checks all the boxes. It's not overly fancy. Um, no like spikes or skulls or anything like that. It's just like you look like a you know Stormwind Guard basically, yeah. but higher res than the existing Stormwind Guard set. Yeah, some of it. I mean, the the leather set isn't too bad. Um, yeah, the cloth set looks like you're wearing a hoodie. Yeah, the cloth set looks like you're just medieval again. <laughs> like every every cloth set in existence. So, um, but yeah, that'll that'll sort of come with pre-patch. I think right now, I don't think they've they've announced the end of season four, which I don't think we touched on. The end yeah. of season four is the or sorry, the end of the season is the twenty fifth, but they didn't also announce that the pre-patch pre-patch launches that same day. We're all assuming that that is going to be when it launches. Um, I'm actually like out of town that week. So, yeah, uh, I (laughs) who knows? Um, That is going to be like if you raid on that Tuesday, good luck with your add ons. Um, Yeah. And your week auras. Oh, boy. Actually, a bunch of our raid week auras are probably going to break. Yep. Well, not only that, raid week orders, and then also just boss fights in general. Um, yeah. Because the other thing that is occurring in pre-patch that Blizzard announced is uh, tier sets are going away. Yes. The tier sets are going, the set bonuses, so not tier sets themselves, but the set bonuses from um, this, uh, or from, from Sepulcher are, uh, are basically being turned off. They're being marked as legacy, which just means they're no longer active. So you can still equip the gear, yep. you still get the stats from the gear. Um, the tier sets just do not activate, um, which will be interesting. Uh, we'll say uh, for yeah for pre patch and like how raids will look. Um, I'm hoping they they do like what you what we've sort of talked about before of like the hey let's just make everything have 20 percent less health and do like 20 percent less damage. Yeah, and like just I, I wouldn't whatever. be surprised if they did because like. That was kind of the pattern in so in Legion pre patch. If you remember way back then, um, we had the empowered artifacts during pre patch that were just like it was basically the uh, final tier trait that you got in your artifact to like concordance to the Legion fall thing that mm-hmm. just gives you first. It just was like versatility or something, right? Um, it just like went super saiyan and gave you like a bajillion versatility. <laughs> like that that was it um but it was a, a nice big nerf to the raids that helped compensate for the fact that they got the tanks right right yeah so i mean we'll see if they do something similar with these tier sets um so i don't know i mean maybe they also do something with like covenants and like the conduits that you get because uh, like the only thing that's disabled at least currently will end up being the set bonuses. So like yeah. legendaries are still active, conduits are still active, soulbinds still active. So um yeah, you should definitely yeah. like whatever you play, you should check with the class discord for it and check what stacks and what doesn't. 
because um, some stuff stacks currently. A lot of stuff doesn't. Typically, um, you can only have one version of a covenant ability active, so you can't get like mages have shifting power in their tree. You can't get two shifting powers. Brewmasters have weapons of order. You can't have two weapons of order. Um, mm-hmm. Legendaries are similar for most of them. They either don't stack or they stack in ways they don't matter. Like Brewmasters have Storm South's last keg as a legendary and as a new talent. Um, if you pick both, you get three charges of keg smash, but the damage amp on keg smash only applies once. Uh, okay. So there's going to be some some weirdo stuff where like it's probably correct for pre patch to. Uh, skip Storm Stout's last keg in the tree and instead pick up either Bone Dust Brew or Weapons of Order and then um, wear Storm Stout's as a legendary. And yeah. that way you kind of sort of fake having an extra 10 points in your tree. Yeah. Yeah, now there's there's some very interesting interactions for pre-patch that, yeah, even for Miss Weaver, will be like being able to... To like talent into Invoker's Delight, um, while keeping on like another legendary or you know, yeah, like that, which which is which is huge in terms of just like, you know, output and th- or throughput and things like that. So, yeah, pre patch will be be interesting, an interesting time, um, in yeah. terms of uh, how these raids will go. I I do though hope like beyond just the fact that we, I think the other thing too is with us getting just new talent trees and potentially new playstyles within those trees. Um, it'd be yeah. nice if the raids weren't you weren't like essentially reprogressing raids with like people who are playing a class yeah. they haven't really no. played before so they already we already reprogressed these raids once <laughs> like season four was not supposed to be a reprog tier they were wrong it was absolutely a reprog tier i mean it's uh, yeah it's and is. having it be like having it reset again and be reprog again would just be like the final nail in the coffin i don't know what we would do if that were if that were the tuning and they didn't change it yeah, like if yeah. if pre patch hits and it's like reprogging it again for everybody, mm-hmm. yeah, like legitimately might take the rest of pre patch off of rating, yeah, or, or be, just doing like rough. heroic or something. Like I don't, I don't know because that would be absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it does not. It does not come to that. Um, that's for sure. Um. And then I guess the the other thing that that sort of happened last week is the the Wowhead guide writers um, sort of put out their first impressions of the tier sets. We've already talked through the tier sets with pretty much all of our classes already. So we talked through, you know, Windwalker, um, Mistweaver, and Brewmaster. Um, so there's a couple of you know the the writers from Wowhead put up their thoughts. Um, the only thing I wanted to touch on, which I don't think we talked about at least on the Mistweaver side of this, is that. Um, Blizzard did clarify that the four-piece bonus, which if you remember, um, would um, increase, or sorry, um, would, um, or sorry, um, if you have a Renewing Mist on a target, or Renewing Mist that are on targets healed by Essence Font are extended by one second for each heal. Um, They basically clarified two things about that. Number one, that extension only occurs in the initial hit of Essence Font, not the hot hot. Yep. Yep. Um, And then also that it'll also trigger from Feyline Stomp Essence Font bolts. Um, or like whatever you want to describe that. So um, good on Blizzard for getting ahead of like clarifying that. But yeah, you can sort of read through what, you know, the different writers have thought about uh, the tier sets. And um, yeah, I mean, I 
to be fair, Miss Weaver is still extremely strong, even after some of the changes. So, um, yeah. And I mean, the Brewmaster set is like numerically good, mechanically simple, which is more or less what we expected for these right. first tier tier sets. Um, being able to get to uh, basically take your purifying brew from 50% purify to 62% is good. It's mm-hmm. not like earth shattering. You're not going to be like, it's not going to be anywhere close to the tier set from Sepulcher in terms of power level, right? Right. But it does have a bunch of like pretty nice interactions with stuff like uh, Guy Plins, which is a, you know, Legion Legendary that's returning that heals you based on the amount that you purify. Of course, it's got interactions with Invoke Niazau, um and just a number of other talents. Like there's, there's a bunch of stuff going on there. Um, and it's generic enough that it kind of works no matter what talents you take. Yeah. Um, like you're not going to be picking up talents that like specifically interact with this set bonus. It's just kind of like good value. Yeah. Which I think is what they, they were going for. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that is, you know, just some thoughts there. Um, but all the set bonuses seem decent, right? I think, um, yeah, none of the writers had anything bad to say. Um, other than yeah. I think to your point, you know, while mechanically boring or they don't add to that part of your play style, numbers wise or you know power power wise they're fine Um, yeah yeah um cool and then to be fair my favorite thing well second favorite thing probably about dragonflight blizzard did confirm that the timers will be coming to the ships so the dockmaster so we talked about this probably like i don't know a while ago that they were testing this feature and the feature essentially is there's dockmasters at any sort of boat you're about to board and you used to like talk to the dockmaster and they would say oh, the boat just left Orgrimmar. And like, you didn't know if that, like where it was between Orgrimmar and Undercity if you're taking maybe a Zeppelin. I know this says boats, but um, I think they're going to add it to everything. And so you'd have to guess, is it a two minute wait? Is it a 30 second wait? Whatever it ends up being. So what they're doing in Dragonflight is they're actually adding little timers above the nameplates or or, or to the name of these folks, uh, these NPCs to tell you exactly when the next boat or Zeppelin or whatever will arrive. Um, And I, this is awesome. Like, yeah. (laughs) In yep. this in this day and age, like I am, I am too old to be like, okay, I got to like the docks. I'm gonna go grab a drink real quick and come back. And like, as I come back, watching the boat sail away, I'm just like, I'm done. Like that's, I'm not waiting another seven minutes to like for this boat to come back. This is stupid. Yep. Um. So so yeah, no, I'm. It's it's funny. They they te- they're not teased, but they talked about this feature, saying we want to get it in, and they confirm that. Yep, it'll be in at least the boat timer. So the the boats between Dragon the dragon isles and, and the, the old continents um we'll have timers uh at launch so, yeah um i do i love i don't know this is a weird little I, stuff this is I one love. of those things that i i'm also happy about it because what this means is that they're not going to they're not going to go further down the like portals direction which is something that you know when they took away a bunch of the old portals like in in old dollar or new dollar and mm-hmm. things like that um there was the big outcry from people like that wanted to keep their portals and everything. But, you know, when you had complete sets of portals in Orgrimmar, uh, what was it? Orgrimmar, Shatrath, Throne of Eternal Blossoms, uh, or Veil of Eternal Blossoms, New Dalaran, you had some in Old Dalaran. There were just so many, so many portals. Um, It kind of like, it becomes it became this like weird Jenga thing of like 
or this weird pathfinding yeah. thing of like, oh, I'm going to get there by taking my dollar on Hearthstone to take a portal to here to take a portal to there, and then I can fly over and it's thirty feet away. Exactly. Yeah. And like, there's a little bit of fun to that, but I, honestly, I would rather it just be like boats. <laughs> yeah. No, there. It is. It is. I mean, I've been playing a ton of Wrath lately, and that is one of the in, that is one of the most interesting things. Is like the and maybe it's just some out in the world more i'd say in in wrath than i than, to be fair i ever was in retail yeah. um is that it's like it's interesting to see like the like the slowness of like traveling back to ogremar right if i if i don't have my hearthstone up to dalaran to take the portal it's like well then i'm like gonna fly to borean tundra and take the zeppelin right and like that's how i'm gonna get back because i you know my hearthstone's down like so i can't get back to dalaran easily and it's just quicker to do it this way so yeah um, you know it's uh it's um yeah, it's it's cool that the the boats are have those little timers. You have to take them everywhere. So, um, so cool. So I guess now into some of the um can sort of move a little bit forward in some of our main topics. I guess we could say for tonight for today. Um, so first up is there was a couple of class tuning changes posted this week, um, which I don't know if we've gone through these, but um, really for for Brewmaster and Windwalker, um, some some potentially minor ones, um. Brewmaster gets the attenuation buff, which every uh, spec did. Um, that which... is, for, for reference, attenuation is the currently conduit for Bone Dust Brew that gives it cooldown reduction when you trigger it, right? When it procs, it gets it gets cooldown reduction. Correct, yes, yeah, yeah. And it's currently not in the tooltip, but it, it can trigger up to five times. And the change here is that now it can trigger up to ten times. Yeah, which effectively means it goes from a two and a half second cooldown reduction to five second cooldown reduction. Um, it's which still is not good. Still bad. <laughs> like, like <laughs> number one, it sucks that like they're now telling us there was capped because like for the I longest mean, time I just thought it was broken. I mean, we knew no, it was two and a half seconds, but we we knew it was capped. That was actually, uh, um, it was capped because of brewmasters because you could get one hundred percent bonus brew uptime hmm. as a brewmaster. Nice. Um, Thank you. Which is another thing that is currently broken about bonus brew. It does not scale with brew cooldown reduction. If you have bonus brew on cooldown on live and you push keg smash, you take like three seconds off of the cooldown. On on beta, you do not. Which actually just makes the ability awful. Mm -hmm. The ability is not good for brewmaster if you do not get that that cooldown reduction on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. They added, they added, they clarified it, gave us two and a half seconds more cooldown reduction, essentially doubling it, whatever. It's, yeah, you still don't take it. Now, I don't actually remember. I'm going to check this right now. Does attenuation still have the increased damage bonus? It does, but it's the okay. base version Rank of it, one not the buff conduit. Yeah. yeah, not the buff conduit version. So, yeah. A little 20, less impactful. 20% increased yeah. damage from bonus. And, like, that's, you know, that's an okay amount. Yeah, like I mean, they, yeah, the cooldown reduction's not the only one. Yeah, that's an okay amount for it. It's just still like the whole bonus brew part of the brewmaster tree is very underwhelming. Yeah, same with Mistweaver. <laughs> um, even what they they reworked our, our section a couple patches ago and or builds ago and uh, still not not worth going through. So, um, so yeah, and then so Mistweaver did actually get a number of changes. Um, which is which is cool. So 
I guess first up is Ancient Teaching, which is the um, you know press essence font or Bayline Stomp, and then damage for the next 12 seconds, I think it is, or 10 seconds, or whatever. Damage for the next amount of time um, that you do uh, is converted to healing on a specific target. They basically up the range of this ability. It used to be okay. 20 yards. It's now 30 yards. Um, so it's a nice quality of life change. Basically makes some of the range probably more in range of this healing yeah. versus only yeah. being hitting melee and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's a good change, good change. Um, they also buff Secret Infusion. So Secret Infusion is the talent where if you hit Thunder Focus T and then use an ability after that, uh, you get a different stat buff. So like if you hit Thunder Focus T and use Essence Font, you'll get a Haste buff. If you use Vivify, it's, I don't remember. I'm not going to be an idiot and tell you which one it is. But depending on the ability that you use, you get a different specific yeah. stat bonus uh, from doing that. Um, they buffed it from 5 or 10%, so 5 for 0 0.1, 10% 4.2 more stat, to 8 and 15. Um, so this is a solid just buff to Secret Infusion. I think Secret Infusion ends up being a play anyway um, from a misweaver perspective, but good good change on them. Um, and then... Uh, next well, I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip the bad one. Um, but okay. the the better the, the the next buff or the next nice piece is with Rapid Diffusion. Um, so Rapid Diffusion is the talent where if you hit Rising Sun Kick, you spawn a Renewing Mist on a target for six seconds. Um, and so previously it would overwrite. It would just always trigger, no matter what else was on the target. It would always trigger, which means you could have a you know a 15 second Renewing Mist on a target and you hit rising sun kick and it overrides to six, six seconds second. yeah yeah so they basically made the change to not let it override existing renewing mists that are longer than six seconds so basically just if the renewing mist on a target that it hits or would hit is longer than six seconds i guess the spell just fizzles i, I don't i haven't done a ton of testing with this um, yeah ideally but, it would like pick pick somebody that that would be valid for it to actually put the renewing mist on but yeah Maybe that's intended as like a soft cap on how much value you get from rapid diffusion. It's like if you have so many renewing miss out on your raid that you start just like losing value from rapid diffusion. Yeah. You know, it sort I of e equalizes somewhere around like, you know, say three quarters of your raid has rapid has renewing miss. Now your your rapid diffusion is is really not going to let you extend it to one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, that could be one reason. I think the other, yeah, I think the other thing too is it just it it also felt just bad. Like you wouldn't know why all of a sudden like your annoying mister all six seconds yeah. and things like that. So, yeah. Um, good that good that they made that change. So, um, and then the big one, uh, Vivify had its healing reduced by twenty five percent for misweavers, which seems like a lot. However, I think the 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 one thing to keep in mind here is that. Vivify was already buffed uh, past and really well past its um, its the current iteration because we gained access to in the class tree the 40% increase to Vivify healing that um, baseline brewmasters and windwalkers have that, that Mistweaver doesn't. And so we already had a very strong Vivify <laughs> that then okay. was being buffed again by another 40%. So this brings us down a little bit. There was a bunch of testing that occurred this week, just from a bunch of different theory crafters from Misweaver, the, the numbers are still a little wonky. Um, there are like extremely buffed or extremely high numbers we see from like two raid testings ago, then like more normal raid numbers last week, and like there's even different numbers now that this buff or this nerf went into went into effect. So yeah, I'm still doing a bunch of testing on exactly what this means, but it does bring Vivify down a little bit. I mean, to be fair, probably warranted. I mean, the the spell was actually crushing. So. Um, 
And this is both to the, um, it's both the main target heal and the cleave heal. We're both affected by this. Okay. Oh. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, I don't, I don't like using the word nerf because it's PTR it's and beta. Still and like it's still technically better. It's still, te- yeah, it's still generally probably slightly better than it is on live today. It's just not, you know, astronomically better. And, you know, it's, to be fair, not in my mind a nerf. It's just a change. Like, it probably was warranted, right, in terms of um, the power that Vivify had anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, cool. So we have, uh, related to that, we have actually two different kinds of testing that happened this week. We have Mythic Plus testing, which is currently active. It ends, uh, if you are watching this live, tomorrow evening. Uh, so Monday evening, it, it goes away again. Um, but we also had raid testing this week that I forgot to put on the notes. <laughs> yes, um, we did. I also forgot that. Shoot. I didn't do it. So <laughs> I did all of it. So Oh, nice. Nice. Um, you want to start with Mythic Plus, or you want to start with? Uh, let's raid? do raid testing first, because I yeah I don't uh, I would okay. like to hear about that. So, um, so honestly, there's not a huge amount to say after like if the heroic version of the bosses are actually way more similar to the mythic versions than I think they are in Sepulcher, okay. um, and even in some cases in Sanctum, um, there's clearly things that like new mechanics on mythic that make it slightly different but like this uh, we have like one mythic boss left to test um we didn't do karag grim totem i think and the rest pretty much are like just the heroic boss with with a little bit more going on um so we tested what was it aranog primal council sanarth uh Dethea Ascended and Broodmother Diurna this week, mm-hmm. which is a hectic amount of of beta rating. Um, and like three of those were, were on, on Thursday. And coming off of that, I was like, this raid is great. This is just like a really solid raid. Uh, everything today felt good. It doesn't feel, it felt like a raid that I'm not going to mind having Christmas land smack in the middle of. Because nice. the bosses are just like not absurd. <laughs> and then we did the Friday raid testing. Um, and so Dethea ascended the problems with push time, like spell timers, uh, were just infinitely worse on Mythic than they were on Heroic. So for those that aren't familiar with the boss, basically it's this thing where you are on a main platform with this giant wind elemental boss. Um, and there's two important things, uh, or three important things, I guess. One, the tank mechanic is a knockback that grows in intensity the more times you get hit in a row. Uh, two, the, uh, there is a, like, kind of Lords of Dread circles style mechanic, except instead of transferring the circle, it copies it when you touch somebody. Oh, okay. Um, and then third... You have ads that will spawn that you have to kill in order to go over to another platform to kill an ad that's empowering the boss. Kind of like the Zymox platforms in Sepulcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you send part of the raid over there to kill things, and then they come back. Well, all of this combines to be a complete mess. 
because the knockback from the ads that sends you to the other platform knocks back the whole platform. So if your tank is currently getting knocked back, then they get knocked back again and they just get completely screwed. <laughs> um, or if you have circles spawn on people while they're in the air getting knocked or just about to get knocked to the other platform, for one thing, there's a very like narrow band of space that you can actually stand in order to get knocked the right direction onto the platform you're trying to go. So if the circles spawn while that happens, you're very likely to be overlapping with somebody, cleave to them, and immediately like double the number of conductive marks on the raid. Jeez. So then there's also like the mythic mechanic is that instead of the ads spawning on a timer, you spawn them by um, dropping off your conductive marks on them by by literally touching their corpse with with your mark. Right. And um, what that means is that the time that they come up, depending on how good people are at that mechanic, can be variable. <laughs> oh, and the knockback that they do that sends you to the other platform happens when you kill the ad. So then there's like literally this overlap of fixed timers and percent HP based mechanics that we saw like four <laughs> or five times cause horrible problems throughout Castle Nathria and um, Sanctum. And Dethea is just like absolutely awful unless they fix God. that. It's just yeah. absolutely miserable because like basically what's going to happen is you're going to map out. There's a, uh, we were looking at logs after there's like a 25 second window between a certain set of marks and the next set of marks. And so what you do is you, um, try to get an ad spawned, get it to position during that window mm -hmm. and then kill the ad during that window before the next set of marks come out. Oh, there's actually one more thing that I forgot to mention. The platform that the ad spawn on is random. So you can't pre-move the ad there. Oh, it's <laughs> nice. I mean, it would have to be right. <laughs> like it could be, it could be fixed. It's fixed on Zymox. That's true. That's true. That's um, true. There's not like a hard raid wipe kind of thing. Like there is on Zymox, you know, if Zymox, if you don't kill the ads before they finish their cast, you just like the raid dies. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, there's none of that for this. So in theory, it's not that bad if you have to wait an extra few seconds to go over. Um, except that like every five seconds that the ad is alive, the boss does 5% more damage permanently. Gotcha. So, um, kind of want to get over there ASAP. There's a bunch of stuff that they, that, that boss needs help. There's, <laughs> gotcha. there's a bunch of like fun things on it, but just like the timer situation is going to make it absolutely miserable. Yeah. Um, and then Broodmother Diurna was the other boss we tested on Friday, which is just a very confusing boss. <laughs> it's just a very confusing boss. Um, yeah. it, it it has the like debuff that the same kind of debuff that um, Four Horsemen has. It seems intended to force you to like swap people between oh, yeah. different areas of the areas of the room. Like you have people on the boss, and you swap them to the ads, and you have the people that are on the ads that swap to the boss to like clear debuffs. Yep. Um, except that the debuff stacks like 1% every seven seconds. <laughs> so maybe you just ignore it. Yeah. Like we also, I forgot, I wish we had tested this. I forgot about it. We should have tested what happens if you like AMS or cloak it. Cause like, it might actually be that the, reset it. 
you just reset it. You send two rogues, a DK tank, and like, I don't know, a healer of some variety. Maybe you send a paladin so that they can um, bubble it off. Bubble, oh, yeah. One of them. And um, they just reset it, and you just have everybody else kill ads. Because the, the fight is... The, like Diurna has two modes it is a complete mess if you fall behind on ads and rapidly becomes like virtually impossible because of how many ads you have if you fall behind mm-hmm. but if you're really on top of ads and you keep them dead the fight is very easy <laughs> nice. um, so really the only question is um, how much DPS do you need in order to achieve the easy mode yeah, the, the burn strat, right? That's all you want to get to. Because um, like we spent a bunch of time doing this strat where we literally had four people on the boss. A tank, two DPS to handle the lightning mechanic, and then the healer to keep them all alive. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, also is like dramatic reduction to the healing requirement. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, because the more people are in range of the boss, like being in range of the boss is... Uh, applies mechanics to you to do more damage than being near the ads does. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the rest of the raid was just on the ads and killed the ads. <laughs> and it's funny. so like four minutes into the fight, it seems like the ads stop spawning. Um, gotcha. And you just have to burn the boss from there. Uh, and we did like math on how much CPS we needed on the boss there. And it actually seems like that, you know, barring tuning stuff, like there's a lot of tuning left on it. The HP could change entirely, but currently, it does seem like you could realistically do that. Okay. Um, which just makes it like a very awkward penultimate boss. Not yeah. a like, it just like you, if you just kill the ads, you spend a bunch of time like waiting around for more ads to spawn. Gotcha. So yeah, if you do the fight the right way, you're like yeah, waiting on things. Or if you could just yeah, zerg it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really just not a pleasant encounter. Um, the others like the the Thursday ones. Aranog, Primalist Council. Actually, Primalist Council was kind of not great as well. Uh, Aranog though and Sonarth were good. Primalist Council like is just another confusing one where it's kind of mechanic soup and you got to figure out the right way to combine the different mechanics to make it not a big deal. Um, gotcha. but you know, we'll see. Cool. Okay. I mean, it's, it's still not too bad. If only, I mean, only two of the fights that we tested this week are bad on mythic. And I think I like the fact that the mythic, like there's not, it doesn't seem like the mythic mechanic adds a great amount of either difficulty or just like differences in mechanics. Yeah. Right? Like it's- and, and like to use primalist council as an example, cause that's like a, uh, relative, it could be relatively early boss. It could be relatively late boss, depending on when you kill it. The changes for that are that the conductive marks, which are like the ones on Thea, no longer expire naturally. You have to touch an earth pillar to clear them, which you can do on heroic, and we were doing on heroic. But right. on heroic, you could just like sit out at range for 15 seconds and wait for it to expire. Gotcha. Uh, on mythic, they don't, so you have to actually touch a pillar. Um, and then the other change is that uh, during the blizzard that the ice dude in the council does, um, you cleave a very small area around you. So you just don't stack. Uh, okay. Gotcha. So, so it's a spread. Yeah. 
Um, and that, that's those are the mythic changes. Okay. I mean, that seems like a like just in general a little bit better than, I mean, a lot better, I'd say, than like the mythic changes to some of the bosses we saw even like just last year. Right. You um, compare that to like um, Lie of Them, right? Yeah. Where Lie of Them. Push-pull mechanic. The, the push-pull and red, the, the red-blue kind of like you must stack or die kind of thing going on. Not a great mechanic for one thing, but also like a very dramatic change to how you have to handle the positioning on that fight. Exactly. And didn't, I thought, I think the order changed too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the mobs that come out changed. It's just, yeah. Having to relearn that fight, a fight like that is just, yeah, that is annoying. Um, yeah. But I mean, well, I think in every case, except for Broodmiler Diurna, there's relatively small changes they could do to like massively, massively improve the fights. Like if they added a, a rel, you know, give us a relatively long grace period on the conductive mark, so that when it spawns, if you happen to be on somebody, it doesn't just immediately cleave to them and like start a chain reaction. Right. Yeah, you know, that could that could be good. You know, yeah. Lords of Dread was not a pleasant experience. Please don't replicate it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Goddamn. Um. Well, cool. Well, I it's not. I mean, I really wish. I I can't wait to actually do the. I'll probably do the fights live. I won't ever get a chance to do the raid testing, but maybe I'll find some because normal, normal is open, open this week too. Yeah, normal is open. Maybe I'll try and get in tonight. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, cool. Well, then the the other thing that happened this week is, and also what's live is Mythic Plus is open, and we got a reworked version of the Mythic Plus, um, the new Mythic Plus affix, uh, Thundering. Um, Thundering version two, and it's essentially Thundering uh, Thaddeus, uh, positive and negative charges. Um, yep. But um, the way that the new Thundering works, and it's actually not, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's basically, um, uh, it still causes a bunch of lightning strike swirlies on the ground. Like, those are sort of still annoying, but it is what it is. Uh, but then also, um, after that happens, or as that's happened, or sorry, after that sort of storm happens, um, there will be four debuffs that go out uh, on four players. Um, well, sorry, two debuffs that go out on. Sorry, hold on. Four players get debuffed. One with one debuff. Two with one debuff. Two with a different debuff. Basically, <laughs> thank you. Um, and so the the debuff is called Mark of Lightning or Mark of Wind. Um, so two Mark of Lightnings will go out. Two Mark of Winds will go out. Um, and generally, the way it works is all your DPS will get picked, and then it'll sort of randomly chosen either the the healer or the tank gets the fourth debuff. There'll always be one member of your party um, doesn't do it. And so the um, the way that you remove the debuff is if you touch someone of the opposite charge, meaning like if you have the positive mark of lightning charge, you need to touch someone with the negative mark of wind charge to basically cancel it out. Um, and if you don't do that, you are stunned for eight seconds. Um, but if you do do that, um, or sorry, while you have the debuff active on you, you do do increased damage. I think it's just damage currently. Um, yeah, it's like 15% damage. Yeah. Um, and so basically the idea here is you want to maximize that debuff being out on you and then clear it right at the last second with whoever your partner is uh, who has an opposite um, uh, who has an opposite charge. So I, I still don't um, like it. <laughs> I still don't yeah. like it. This is, I'm getting Anduin flashbacks. Like, you know what happens when like thundering gets applied somebody immediately just like eats shit and dies uh-huh. and then your two other dps like clear each other and your tank just like gets killed yeah 
Yeah, I mean, there's, because they there's, get stunned for eight seconds and a heavy dot from failing the mechanic. Like, and that's what happens on Anduin. If one person dies, mm-hmm. um, that means two people are dead because somebody now can't clear with them. If right. two people die, four people are dead. Um, that, no, I just, I, no, I don't like it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely better than what it was. Um, it's an yeah. interesting mechanic. It's interesting in terms of like the teamwork of identifying, okay, who's my partner before, you know, and then we'll need to run together at a, at a low amount of time. It's also good too, that it's controllable by the players in that you can clear it early if you want without penalty. Well, your penalty is you do less damage, but you could clear it early if you like were about to hit a mechanic where you couldn't be on top of each other, right? Right. Um, so there is some ways to like play around it. It's just, um, I don't, yeah, it's just, this is I a lot of complexity it. for a mechanic yeah. where they for like in a fix where they said that they were trying to do lower complexity because it's all new dungeons. Yeah. This no, is yeah. like this is more complex to deal with by a lot than the season three affix. It's more complex than the season four affix. It's more complex than the season two, or it's not more complex than Prideful. Prideful is more complex. But like this yeah. is more complicated to deal with than three of the four seasonal affixes from Shadowlands. Yeah, and I wonder too. Like, I mean, to be completely honest, this gets solved by a week or like probably already in terms of like pairing you with a partner and then you know giving you an air horn when you want to need to walk together, right? Like, yeah, I think I don't think there's going to be a ton of like that problem with it. I think the bigger issue and this is where people are going to wipe a ton is like when to actually clear the debuff right you're going to like have the market the big issue actually is that the tank gets it which is kind of shitty to say because the tank not getting it just means the tank doesn't get to participate which is a common problem um but because the tank gets it like you know tank gets it dps goes into clear frontal happens dps dies to frontal before they get to touch the tank and now the tank dies because they didn't get cleared this is, yeah, this is, <sighs> honestly, just don't give us a seasonal fix. I mean, that could be one way. I mean, I don't, I think they need to keep it. I think, they, I think the seasonal fixes, like their goal for these things is to keep Mythic, I don't think, I think they said this, is like keep Mythic Plus fresh, fresh, like right. from season to season, but you're changing dungeons. So like there is a freshness already in terms of relearning yeah. it. And so like. Imagine trying to learn new dungeons. Well, you're doing that in season one here, but you're learning new dungeons plus learning how to play a new effix plus like all the timings that come with that. Cause like I even with this clearing thing, like I even get um, like uh soaks flashbacks from like the current faded rates where it's like, yeah, there is like a specific window of dispelling things and you must hit that or you are dead or like, or you put your yeah. rain like a bad position. Yeah, to help soaks absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is like, it's they clear. learned absolutely nothing from the, stupid creation spark debacle yeah exactly um, I mean, the only yeah. cool thing here is like i don't know i'm interested to actually play this and see how it see how it works out because um, so you did a couple of keys did you do the like plus tens to yeah so i did yeah. i did two plus tens or maybe like a 10 and an 11 it's honestly not like okay caveat here using base ui so like no add-ons yeah. no weak auras anything like that yeah and even with that not too terrible to sort of deal with right um 
we were pretty conservative as a group in clearing it in that like we probably cleared it with like five seconds left or something every time. Yeah. Um, or even moving before slightly before that to actually change it or to, to clear it. So it wasn't um weren't sort of trying to do cutting edge stuff with it, but it didn't in practice did not feel that bad, but I can definitely probably picture some situations as I learned some of the new dungeons better of like, Oh, you have to clear and like, there's no way you can clear because of mechanic going on or like something yeah. happening. So yeah, that's still, I think is my, is my, my fear with this one. Like but, um, this, this effect would be significantly better if you like had the positive negative, like you do now, uh-huh. and you were like a small buff while you have it. But then if you touch somebody of the opposite, you know, charge you both get a big buff you know and then the punishment for not doing it correctly is you don't get the big buff and it doesn't need to be that big like if you take a 15 15 buff and you clear and now it's a 30 percent buff that's fine yeah yeah but i i guess blizzard only always wants this idea of like if you don't deal with a mechanic you're somewhat punished for it right and so yeah it, the punishment can't be an eight second stun and a dot that kills you though <laughs> like it just cannot be an eight second stun and a dot that kills you that in a key means you're wiping yeah but i, I but you have to do them like you don't though like this kind of random timing mechanic fundamentally is frustrating yeah. to play with and you know this because it's like it's quaking it's yeah, creation no, no, yeah. and even creation spark wasn't random no, but it was timed, but it's yeah, it's it learning was the time, so, so like you're you know eight minutes into a fight, and creation spark comes out, and you dispel it, and you miss a soak, and then the jailer does his arcane vulnerability, and the whole raid immediately evaporates. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, no. Right? I mean, you're you're definitely right in that. Like the random the random nature of it spawning on you and like having to clear it is is sort of bad. I. I personally am not too worried about the the failure. Like we didn't I don't think we failed it once in the two keys I ran. Like no did not fail clearing. So I don't again we probably like I said sometimes we probably cleared right away or cleared earlier, you know, you know, messed up yeah. clearing but um didn't fail, right? So I don't I don't think it's that hard of yeah, a mechanic. I mean- but I, I agree with you in that there was probably things that I haven't even tried yet, like bosses I'm not thinking about or like encounters I'm thinking about where like the timing of it just either makes or breaks. Like how like actually to be fair, like you could think about um what's the first boss in Halls of uh or uh, no, obviously. Yeah. Is it Hymnal that has like the 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 um the runes on the ground you have to run to, like the colored runes, or is that the raid boss fight? That's the raid think- boss. All right, I'm thinking of a different one. Okay, fair enough. All right, because so I was like, but that like, would be something e- where like, even Himdal has the has the dragons that they're going out, and so here's the yeah. here's the thing. Like, it does not take 15 seconds for all the dragons to go through. It takes like eight, maybe ten. But then that leaves you with like five seconds to reach your partner and clear them, right? And maybe you went different ways for the dragons, and like, so I guess I should be clear. My concern is not so much in a guild group because of the guild group when we're in comms and we can just be like, okay, clear now. You know, huh. it's not going to be a problem. Uh, my concern is that I am going to hate pugging <laughs> with a passion because I'm going to be tanking. Somebody is just not going to clear me or they're yeah. going to die or they're going to do the stupid thing like on engine where you can have three people like clear on each other 
and all three debuffs go away and nobody dies and you have the one person that, that still has their debuff and it's just like they're screwed. And it's just going to be miserable. And it does not take very many experiences like that to make it really negative. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's a... Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it really... They could leave it more or less the same if they, like, tone down the eight-second stun and dot that kills you, you know? Yeah. Then it honestly wouldn't be that bad. But eight-second yeah. stun and dot that kills you is really the deal-breaker here. Yeah, I, I mean... I think I think I think just playing it the two times that I did and 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 to be fair limited sample size right and the fact that like while we weren't a, I wasn't in a guild group it was just like a bunch of people on beta we did it I did it with not even in voice right. so it wasn't right. like it was sort of a pug but also probably not like people who actually play the game pretty regularly <laughs> so not like full on like casual pugs right. um it, it it didn't seem too bad but yeah. again, limited sample size and yeah, you know, it's just it's, like if you ever have this happen to your tank, your group immediately wipes. Right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think if you fail it, because like the idea is failing it, failing it means both people get stunned, right? Like, well, if the other person died or immune to yeah, off or true. something like true. you're if your tank gets stunned for eight seconds, they are dead. The dot doesn't really matter at that point. They're just dead. Because yeah. their active mitigation is going to fall off. They can't block, parry, or dodge. They can't uh -huh. move out of anything. They will just die. Right, right. Yeah. So, okay. Fair enough, fair, fair enough. But I, I would tell you that this is a, it's definitely a better affix than the previous one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, progress. <laughs> progress for sure. Um, we're slowly I don't getting this, there. <laughs> I don't want this to be the final version of it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, the the failure portion of it probably needs a little bit of adjusting, we'll say. Um, yeah. So it's not a not a total wipe or a total just death to, to your party if it happens. So, um, so cool. Um, all right. So next, I guess next top. So next topic, sort of moving through, is we finally get to talk a little bit about loot. Um, and so we talked about loot like the different eye levels, I think a couple times. Um, and so there's a couple updates to some of those items we wanted to talk through, but um, and then also I think we'll eventually get to the B the new BOE sort of thing that they're implementing with uh, the raid, the first tier raid. So um, I guess real quick, in terms of your great vault and the loot you get there, um, I think I mentioned this, maybe it was last week or the week before. Actually, maybe I didn't mention it on the podcast, but um, they adjusted the reward tiers for the Great Vault, particularly for both raids and um, PvP. So Mythic Plus still stays at the same one, four, eight in terms of dungeons. Um, raids goes to two, four, six in terms yep. of boss kills. So two kills, then four kills, then six kills. This is a reduction um, from the current, which is two, five, eight. Um, so you basically need one less boss kill. Um, to meet, reach the middle tier and two less boss kills to get your third tier or third item from right. raids. Um, and that does track with the raid itself being smaller. We're going from 10 or 11 bosses down to eight bosses. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then in terms of PvP, the honor requirement for the third tier uh, dropped about 500 honor to 5,000 even. So it's now 1250, 2500, and 5,000. Essentially 
what's that doubling each time so yeah um yeah i think vault changes i think if the um mythic plus box from previous expansions hadn't existed they would put the mythic dungeon one at 248 as well i think they would um but because we had the mythic plus box that was you know just a a dungeon clear you know right they're not going to do that yeah that's, that's true that is true um so yeah so updates to uh the vaults just see you know from what you get um and then um the other update which interesting i don't know if this will this will i don't know if this is still live this is, it's been a couple of weeks i think it's still in the game i can double check for this but there is blue gear on bosses in mythic plus dungeons uh, and on some of the first LFR dungeons, L- LFR bosses in the vaults of the Incarnate's New Raid. Um, so bringing back uh, blue, um, I guess, colored gear, you we could say, um, from Mythic Zeros and from early LFR bosses. I, for one, love this change. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a blue piece of gear really in a long time because like, you get to level cap in the new expansion, you go and you do your Mythic Zeros and they all drop Mythic gear. Which you is know, all purple. Any raid difficulty, you drop you drop uh epic gear. Like so just from that point on, you're dealing in epic gear pretty yeah. much exclusively. And even like this expansion, the if you did the anima gear, there was a a threshold where they would convert from blue to purple. Yeah. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, once it got once you got enough of the increases, yeah. That is true um so yeah so i mean it was uh yeah so sorry um so yeah so updated sort of loot drops now dropping blue gear i am cool with this i think it is like i'll tell you again going back we'll just say i'm i'm old playing wrath right it is fun to like did a couple like regular heroic dungeons got some blue pieces then did next 25 and uh and got some purple pieces to replace it it was it was cool it was like yeah. Now I'm like I'm like half purples. Like that's sort of how I describe my my gear at this point. So yeah. Um, I mean that's kind of a um item level in a lot of ways did that, but they're not not in a way that is as visible or is like nice. Like you don't get to watch your character sheet turn purple. Exactly. With item yeah. level. Item level appeal is like appealing to again borrow like a magic term but like appeals to like spiky people mm-hmm. it, it's if you're if you care a lot about just the number being bigger that's neat but in in like wrath you know gear score became a thing but just having the the gear turn purple is a good mm-hmm. feeling oh yeah yeah it just adds that i mean again it, it adds like just more to that um like more to that dopamine hit like that's that you sort of want to see in terms of like the game changes a little bit rather than just a you know a simple number going up you get like a visual change which is yeah maybe to some people minor but i think in general is always a good thing so that said uh i don't think we're going to be dealing with this that much because even normal gear is all purple yeah yeah i don't i don't foresee myself actually equipping uh to be fair if you do a couple mythic zero like the mythic zeros yeah yeah so you'll you'll get you'll get like a fresh set of like a mix of probably purple and blue gear from Mythic Zero, and then you know um, going 
go right into purples with normal normal modes though yeah um but it's cool that they're bringing this back i think i i don't know it's yeah it's the the gear colors have not meant anything in like i'll say like maybe three or four expansions right yeah um so like you know it's it's cool that it's it's coming back in in with this one so um so yeah um that is uh some gear updates and then the final thing which i think is probably the, the bulk of what we want to talk about today um was the boe drops um being confirmed to drop from a specific uh specific boss so this is a part i'm trying to find it yeah what's up you didn't link the post for that i was trying to find it oh it's sorry oh i did not my mm, did not do the notes very well oh you know what yeah so because it was in the other notes but yeah yeah. um (laughs) so i guess in terms of the boes so basically the way that boes work currently is there's they're random drops from sort of any mob across an instance any trash mob across an instance and so you can go it's a hundred percent based on seeding or some there's some Thing that triggers this because you will go like personal maybe sort of personal personal biases but like we can go weeks without seeing a boe and then we will see five in a corridor's worth of trash are you and so so are you specifically going weeks and then doing castle natria right now because that's how it works castle natria oh, still be. has the higher boe loot chance it might be actually uh because we had that same experience where like we don't really see BOEs in Sanctum or in Sepulchre, but then in Castle Nathria, oh boy, like that corridor from Huntsman to to Hungering is like BOE city. They drop like candy. It's That's true. everywhere. We had one run where we literally got five BOEs in like the trash before Hungering and the trash between the trash before Hungering and the trash before Zymox, we got five. It's just like... That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, so it to be fair it might be that um but um but yeah so that's the way that they currently work today um they sort of drop from randomly throughout the the raid and so you can sometimes go a long time without any or you know sometimes you know get a bunch of them Um, another thing too is is sometimes these items are good they're good i mean it depending on your raid right in many cases like i'll say my personal experience with them is we just sell them like that's like we generally don't give them to raid members uh, unless it is like a best in slot or an item you're not going to replace elsewhere in the raid. Um, but generally we will just sell them. Um, and so th- like for us, it's a nice little gold, gold boost. Um, yeah. Moving forward into Dragonflight, they're actually changing the way BOEs drop. And essentially they're adding in these non, I guess these lieutenant, I guess mini boss like bosses into raids. Um, and those mini bosses will uh, drop, will have a chance to drop BOEs instead. Meaning, like, no longer is it any of the trash can drop a BOE. It's now these specific mobs will drop BOEs. Um, and so, essentially, as a raid group, you, if you want BOEs, you clear to them and kill them. And if you don't want them, you can skip them and move on, and you won't see them. So, um, that's sort of, I guess, the the largest yeah. change. Um, the drop rate of these things. Um, are going to be um, are going to be or sorry scaled by uh, raid size. So if you have more members in your raid, you have more chance to see items drop. Less members, less items. So, um, the, uh, yeah, these also are on a weekly lockout. Like the um, if you kill sure. a lieutenant mob right now for for what what's the currency? Cosmic flux, I think yeah. nowadays. Yeah, for the currency, uh, you can only get that once per week, even if you clear the mob multiple times. 
Um, you only get one shot at the BOE from a lieutenant mob once per week, which does a couple of things. For one thing, um, it means that BOE farming groups are dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't personally mind having not really done them, but, you know, maybe some people mind. Um, but also, we're going to have a lot more consistent, so, like, consistent supply of BOEs. Like, we actually do put BOEs on people. We give them to people um, as loot um, mm-hmm. early in the tier and then switch to selling them later in the tier once we don't really need them anymore. Um, which does mean that we don't sell them while they're most expensive. Right. But um, at the same time, it, it is gear. So, and some of them people wear, you know, through the end of end of progression. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is going to be really interesting. I'm really curious how much BOE loot you're going to get. Like it. So the way that the new raid is structured is you have Aranog at the start, who is the first boss, mm-hmm. and then from there you actually have three wings. Right. Two wings unlock right away. The third wing, you have to clear the other two wings in order to unlock. Um, so I'm wondering if like the thing people do, it, are we going to like kill Aranog, go and clear the trash in one of the wings in order to get the guaranteed BOEs? Okay. And then loop back to the other wing, clear the trash, and work on that boss. Because there's no way that these lieutenant mobs are like harder or more time-consuming than a, a mythic boss. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I think I think it just depends on like where they're located in the instance, right? Like, yeah, if they're easy to get to and they're easy to sort of to do, I think you would definitely prioritize potentially doing them, right? Particularly because yeah. it like the the wording of this blue post is like we talk about they talk about um, BOEs being scaled with group size, like regular bosses. It says this would guarantee a set number of BOEs each raid per group. Um, assuming a full clear of the instance, which sounds like they're trying to normalize it that you get BOEs fairly often, right? Like, yeah. kind of reading into that, like, I yeah. don't know if that means like you're going to get like one or two a week, depending on it, which that means it definitely makes sense to try and kill these lieutenants, right? Yeah. Um, and so something I want to touch on as well, like right now, BOE, the BOE markets on a bunch of servers are driven primarily by boe farming groups so you get a large number of boes farmed by these farming groups um and sold on the auction house Mm -hmm. we with this change um instead of that quantity coming from farming groups we're going to be looking more at boes coming from just you know regular raid clears yeah um so yeah, it's uh it's uh interesting. Yeah. Um I don't I don't know. I mean I, I personally I, I guess it's good. Like I, to be completely honest with you, it probably means we see potentially a little a couple more BOEs than normal. Right. Just because we we death skip as much trash as we can. Like we So like, this is like I, I I think this is also a little bit of an answer to death skipping, right? Because like cosmic yeah, flux is completely worthless. Right, yeah. And and there's and there's no guarantee you're going to get a BOE anyway, so it's like, well, why? Like I don't know, like I have never personally killed any of the trash between Skolex, Zymox and Holandris in any yeah. raid ever. Like we have death death skipped all of that trash. Yeah. Um 
I've actually, done it in pugs. It's actually kind of miserable. So you, that was the correct call. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, maybe if there was like a lieutenant, like right after, like once you kill Zymox and Skolax and you unlock the trash right in front of Alondra's, maybe there's a lieutenant there. Right. Right. And like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to clear trash to kill that. So lieutenant. the lieutenants in Sepulchre, there is the one in the corridor right after Vigilant Guardian, the one that teleports around. Okay. Um, then there's one that patrols in the area with Halandra's Skolex and Zymox um, that that virtually everybody skips because it's big, it's got a bunch of health, it kills people, and there's just no reason to kill it for like 300 Cosmic Flux. Um, then there's uh, one before Dasein, and then there's one... Uh, where's... There actually may not be any others in the instance. I don't, like, th- I don't think there's the any others. any after Lahuvum or like down the yeah. Lahuvum wing once you're inside. Yeah. Um, and then like Sanctum has like three very early on. Um, and then after you get through Painsmith, there's no more. Yeah. Yeah. So it is that, that same kind of thing. Like I'm wondering what they're gonna do with that. Like, is it gonna be are they all going to be front loaded? Are we going to see like a lieutenant between Diurna and Rajageth? Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder where they're going to play. And like, number one, where they're going to place, and number two, how many? Right? Is it like the only yeah. before the like? Is there going to be three one with one before each wing boss? Yeah. Right. And like that's where you'll see them, or it'll be be more or less. Yeah. So it'll be. I mean, it'll definitely be an interesting. Um, Interesting once they put them in. I, I for one, am probably happier about this than not happy. Like, I think it's... Yeah, I think it's a good change. Yeah, I think it's... I ultimately, like, might not even interact with it beyond, like, the first couple weeks of just, like, trying to get a couple extra pieces of gear. And then it's like, oh, yeah. well, if we want to kill them. Like, how... I guess, I guess that's the that's the main point is, like, this how much I interact with bank. this. Yeah, it's like, number one, how much gold do we need in the guild bag? And number two, how much more of a headache is to get to them versus not get to them, Right. Because yeah. if like they're on the pathway to the boss, then like you just kill them every week, no matter what. But yeah. if you have to like clear a little bit to the side, then you have to weigh. Does it make sense to even even go out there? So, so what this is interesting about um, what is interesting about this to me is that it adds an extra element to think about to the overall gearing strategy. Where like right now, if you look mm-hmm. at PVE only, so we're not not thinking about PvP gear. Um, you're going to be looking at gear from bosses, gear from dungeons, gear from crafting, and gear from these lieutenant mobs. Right. And so two of those sources, the BOEs and the crafted stuff, can come from the auction house. Um, but you're not realistically going to be able to cover your gear with just those. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something where, like, for one of the interesting things about this as well is like you know we go as a raid and we kill the the lieutenant mob we get a boe that could actually be awarded to anybody in the raid team not just the 20 people that are in exactly yeah um so if we get like a really nice you know crit verse ring or something off of a a lieutenant mob and it's not really that good for anybody in the raid we can give it to somebody that's not currently in um which is currently possible but you just don't get that kind of stuff very often right yeah the frequency at which point you get boes it's like a oh yeah 
it's like a happy accident, you could say, right? In terms yeah. of like getting yeah. one and then being able to actually give it to someone who needs it. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm really curious what the rate is going to be on this. And maybe that's actually a motivation for me to get on and do normal. Because I assume yeah. that this will be in normal. Um, Probably. So, Probably. yeah. But this um, also like kind of solves the problem. So for those that aren't familiar, you cannot get BOEs from the trash before the first boss in any instance since like Firelands. Because what happened in Firelands is you'd have hunters go in and solo, solo the Molten Giants before the first boss and solo BOE farm. It's <laughs> true. It's true. And uh, they, they, not, a, not a fan of that. So Yeah, so they, they fixed that by making it so that trash before the first boss cannot drop BOEs. Um, this kind of is a more natural solution than just arbitrarily saying trash before the first boss cannot drop BOEs. Right, um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is... This is going to be interesting. A lot of the loot changes for Dragonflight are going to, like, seeing how they play out, there's a lot that's going to depend on the actual numbers. You're like, how many BOEs do we get? How, right, yeah. You know. Um, how, es- how essentially they become. Because, like, if you're getting, like, two BOEs, that's just, like, that's, like, killing another boss. Right. So it's, like, you might like you might as well full clear those. Yeah. Because an extra yeah. boss is worth the loot. Yeah, um, and so the the blue post says the goal of these changes are to reimagining BOEs. I didn't know this that typo before. Are to reimagining uh-huh. BOEs by making the raid environment itself a sort of ninth boss with a guaranteed amount of extra loot to reward progressing deeper into the raid or efficient full clears without needing to kill every single bat or moss worn off in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the the um, yeah, this is this is going to be really interesting, and I'm wondering if like the greater availability of BOE, like not availability per se in like the market sense, because like mm-hmm. right now, like I said, the availability of BOEs is driven by BOE farming groups, but a regular raid group like mine does not see very many BOE drops, so we can't right. really. S- expect to get a boe so if somebody wants a specific boe because the stats are really good or something the option is to buy it yeah um but i actually wonder if the prices on boes will be lower or higher lower because regular groups like mine can actually just rely on getting boes from the lieutenant mobs Mm -hmm. or higher because you can't have a boe farming group right yeah, I wonder. I mean, yeah, and then you're then you're basically you're competing with, you know, if the guilds are going to sell them or not, right? Like, if you're going right. to sell it early for a high amount, like, is it going to be somewhat sort of limited by supply, and like that means like prices will just be very high? Yeah, that's um, that is a good that is a good point um, in terms of like how this plays out, but um, but yeah, I mean all the all the loot all the loot changes I think just. They're just good. I mean, I don't know if I agree with all of them, but they're just good changes. I'll say, like, they're they're changes in a way to like, essentially not have the a lot of the frustration we see today. Yeah. Like in in the in like just loot and, and things like that. So yeah, um, I would say overall, I am a huge fan of the the loot changes, like yeah. especially the removal of the item level restrictions on trading. 
is like the biggest one that I, uh, about time. <laughs> but this is just more in that vein. Like, yeah, it, this is going to be very, very interesting um, as a first tier. Nice. Nice. Oh, man, I, ha- I had some other topic I wanted to bring up from what we covered earlier, and I can't shoot. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's going to bother me. Ah, whatever. Sorry. There was like <laughs> something else I wanted to like circle back with. Like I forgot to say it and uh, I lost yeah. it as we sort of finished off that part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, cool. I, um, I guess I, have, I guess one just sort of maybe like guild question, um, unless you had anything else on the loot stuff. Mm. Um, have you guys started any of the... Uh, any of like the planning for Dragonflight at all, like locking people into specs and sort of taking a look at roster and stuff like that. So we haven't started locking people into specs yet. We told people like, if you know what you're going to be playing in Dragonflight, we want to know before pre-patch. And if it's ready, we want you to be playing it in pre-patch so you can get practice on it. Right. Um, But tuning is still such a mess, right? That is true. That is true. And like, we don't necessarily want people to be beholden to tuning for picking what they want to play. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if you look at something like Fire Mage right now, there are two builds uh, for Fire Mage, really. There's the one that plays very much like existing Fire Mage that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's one where you basically just like hardcast Pyroblast a whole bunch. <laughs> nice. And if it were me, trying to decide if I wanted to play mage or play, say, hunter. Yeah. I would want to know which one of those mage builds I was going to be stuck playing. Because one of them I would enjoy, and the other one I would not. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, that's fair. And there's there's also, like, you put in a lot of the work to be a good DPS. Uh, it kind of sucks to put in all that work and then see somebody else uh, just doing, like, 20% more damage than you because that's just how the tuning worked out. Right. So numbers are no number. Like, uh, it would matter that we don't want people beholden to tuning, like, or picking just like stuff that they think is going to be meta. Yeah. There are reasons that the lack of tuning being done makes it hard for us to pin people down on specs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know we, I mean, I think we've only just begun in terms of like gauging interest right in terms of like people primarily people playing different roles versus like if you're going to stay dps like oh yeah we got a bu- we got a bunch of that out of the way in season four let me tell you no one is swapping roles <laughs> for dragon flight not a single person really we have a we've like i think we have one person who wants to heal full-time coming from dps and um Oh, most of our healers have quit at this point. So, like, our healing roster. Really? Like, it's like me and one healer went DPS, but it's like me and one of them, one of our priests have been here long term, and like it's just us. And then like everybody wow. else is either like a brand new trial or like somebody who has swapped from DPS to be healing. So it's, our healer, uh, our healer core has been like rock solid since uh, <laughs> since our adventure on Anduin, which I talked about on this podcast like months and months ago. Yeah, where one of our priests went to imperative for like a uh, a few weeks and decided that that they actually would rather come back and play with us. <laughs> and <laughs> came back. That's funny. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, yeah. It's been uh, our our healing core has been just. I mean, just in general, we've had different healing setups on pretty much every last kill, uh, last boss this year or this this entire expansion. So, yeah, been, I uh, mean, that's that's what our tank situation is like, and even to some degree, like our healing one. We have mm-hmm. a couple people that have been there for pretty much every end boss kill, but then like, I'm the only constant on the tanking side. Gotcha. Um, throughout this expansion, we have had one, two, three. Well, uh, I guess I, I'll I'll count trials one and people that filled in while we were. I'm not gonna count people that filled in while we were sorting out tank stuff. I guess because that's just like, yeah, infinite number. All right. So <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, plus me. It's, it's been a, a ride. That is a lot. Yeah, but we've only had. I mean, tanking wise, we only have had two. Um, and then our, we have a DK that would swap when DK tanking, like when grip was needed. But. Actually, I, I double counted somebody because yeah. somebody, the guy that that tanked, that I tanked Sylvanas with, switched to tank for this season, is currently the one that I'm tanking with. So it should be six plus me. Nice, nice. One fewer. Um. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, we have we have very little Dragonflight prep so far. We'll probably start once pre-patch hits and be a little bit more clear. Um, but we just have a couple people that sort of want to try and swaps. And yeah, I was just thinking about oh, God pre-patch coming. I'm not. Yep. I haven't. I haven't. I don't have best in slot and wrath yet. So far behind. Been two uh, weeks. Get right. Game's over. Game's dead. Uh, I have no. not even. T- I have still yet to log into wrath. Oh really? <laughs> I have not logged in. I need nice. to log in. So the, I guess, final note, the uh, dragon mount that you get from completing the DK starting zone in Wrath Classic goes away with Dragonflight release. I think we mentioned this before, but that is the whole reason that I care about actually getting on and doing anything. Yeah. I am going to get on and spend like an hour going through the DK starting zone and uh, get, that uh, <laughs> get that mount. And actually... Uh-huh. That is going to be a very strange experience for me because I have not actually done the DK starting zone on retail. It is it is an experience. I've um, done, I did it. I did. It, I guess I did it in Kata, but it had been nerve. I mean, Kata leveling stuff, tuning was just miserable. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. It was. Um. It was definitely at the time, like when it came out, was like super interesting i think every other like leveling like new leveling area since that has sort of improved on what they tried to do there but it was a it was a cool way to tell a story as to why um why dk's were a thing now right mm-hmm. um like why they were a character that you could pick and select and you know all that fun stuff so now it was um it was cool it was cool going back and doing it again um i think the monk or panda i guess leveling area um is still probably better um still probably one of the best but um, i actually like the panda one better than demon hunter i'll be completely honest with you um but uh but no um yeah you should have to go back and do that it's fun Um, have you done the evoker one yet uh no because i'm not playing that trash class so oh yeah that's actually a really funny one um i don't know if we're gonna have any evokers yeah us too we have uh, um, one of our one of our healers, the new the new individual, was thinking about going Invoker, and I'm like, if you want, you can, but he's yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do. So, 
Um, we have one healer that is interested in playing Evoker, mm-hmm. but it, it, we just over and over again run into the range issue. It actually has come up repeatedly on raid testing. Like we wanted to have the range do something, and Evokers are arranged for the purpose of mechanics, but they can't actually be with the ranged pile. Yeah. So if you want to do any stacking, you either put everybody where the evoker is or you just don't bring evokers. Yeah, exactly. Or you just limit your evoker to only healing a range stack, right? Like, Well, I mean, if you talk about like a DPS evoker, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Because like we have, we have a couple people who are interested in it and they played it on beta and now they're not interested in it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I made a pre-made evoker when they first launched and like messed around a little bit just on dummies and things like that. And it's just... Not even messing with the range issue. It's just not. I don't know. Not a class. Yeah, in, but the the rotation is nothing spectacular. It's improved yeah. from the initial version. If you've only played the initial version, where it was very spammy on like a small number of abilities and none of the damage numbers made sense or anything, mm-hmm. um, it has yeah. improved from that. But it's still like the range issue is actually just so real with how they design raid fights and how they assign mechanics to people in raid. Like literally, the only way they could they could make evoker not have that range problem is if they either put them in the melee camp so that they could just go and stand in melee because they are mobile enough to do it um or if you made them like immune to the mechanics (laughs) unless you had like you know there's a threshold where it'll start currently even assigning range mechanics to melee if you have too few ranged um you know there's a threshold or that would be the case even with evoker but it's just like the way they design these fights um, even in Vault, where the fights are not as brutally complex as Sepulcher. Mm-hmm. You, there, there ain't no free lunch. You do not get to just say, oh, you don't get to stack with the melee or the ranged and have it just work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's gonna, that, that'll be something we have to, to mess around with and figure out because it's, uh, it's definitely a... Um, yeah, the the range part of Invoker is just is just not it's not fun. It's just not it's just yeah, yeah. Not much more to say. About I that. I would not be surprised if we get to 11.0 and part of the changes for 11.0 is Devastation Invoker getting a 40 yard range. Yeah, I can see them no, trying to normalize that. It's just I think we'll see how these first two. Uh, for how the how these first two maybe the first raid tier goes we might to be fair it might see that earlier like yeah if the first tier is that yeah. bad so um, like i would unless the damage numbers on evokers are like really really high i would be kind of surprised to see like more than one in the yeah. world first race and it would be like i would i would be looking for like a healer evoker um to bring uh, the kind of like boss and raid utility that they have which is all movement related so i don't actually think you need it for a lot of these bosses Mm-hmm. um yeah but rescue is actually like pretty good uh, rescue actually is the standout like this is why you bring evoker <laughs> that is true um, that is true uh an evoker being able to rescue a priest on sanarth <laughs> is pretty good evokers can also rescue webbed people on sanarth oh, okay and frozen people on um yeah. On Primalist Council, I believe. I know for sure they can do it on Sanarth. I I watched people do it. Um, I don't know for sure about Primalist Council, but like being able to rescue somebody into the fire that clears the ice. That's true. 
there are some there are definitely some interesting things you can do with the ability um so yeah it's just ugh. the rest of the class though yeah Nah, it's unfun. Like actively unfun. The healing aspect of it, like I don't want to deal. Like dealing with range, like getting in range of people as a healer, is like arguably one of the most frustrating things. Particularly, yeah, because like at that point you are typically in your raid frames, making sure they're in range and not paying attention to where your character is. I've died. I've either died or did something stupid. Like yeah, more often than not, when like I'm just trying to get somebody in range for me to heal them. And and um, like Evoker oh. does have the tools to get to people. The problem really is that you put in a like getting into range of people is very time consuming and maintaining range on a lot of people with a short range is hard. Yeah. And then what that means is you're going to be putting in a lot more work and you're not going to be getting a lot more HPS. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is what it is. It is what it yeah. is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. It's gonna be a very interesting expansion launch. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited though. Love new expansions. Pre patch, even though it's boring, will still be fun. I'll still probably pre patch comes with talents though, and like so, there's yeah. a floor on how boring it can be. That is true. That is true. Talents will be fun though. Um, uh, I'm curious. How many more jailer rounds do you all need? Last thing. We uh, we need six, I think. Or four okay. now, we did like it's it's maybe two three more kills. I think oh. we're I think we need eight to get literally everybody one. But there's a couple okay. people that don't care, so like we could get away with like six. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, yeah, I want... we we have like you all have been killing faded jailer, and we have not. Yeah, yeah. So we're slight. We're a little bit ahead. We also have like a couple of new people. Like uh, we all of our trials get mounts. So, like we don't yeah. make yeah. them trade it away. So it's too. like yeah. Um, we have had we've had people that got mounts and then quit so we've effectively lost like three mounts that way oh really which is kind of annoying um but actually we have somebody that's potentially coming back and they got one of the first mounts so now they're potentially coming back and we don't have to worry about it they've already got theirs yeah yeah we don't we don't i think we i think we did the math or they they said last week it was like six more so like three more kills or so um yeah which means we can still probably sell maybe one or two of them, which would be nice. We'll get a little bit extra gold. Yeah. Right here at the end. So, well, cool. I think, I think that's I think everything that, for this week. Yep. I think that's it. Uh, cool. So thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over on the Pika Serenity, like I spent yesterday working on Simsy. Uh, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash And of course, uh, come join the Discord. Patron or not, it's a good place to be. I think we're free from F1 for a little bit. I say that every weekend. week. Till oh next weekend. <laughs> but if you want to know how your, how your favorite monk spec is looking, that is the place to be. Every spec has a channel dedicated to Dragonflight discussion. And uh, I can say, at least for Brewmaster, that is definitely the most active. Yeah, Miss Fever too. Um, but yeah, that's it for the show this week. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you, not next week, because I'm out of town. Two weeks. But hopefully the week after, because hopefully my flight won't get delayed. <laughs> see you in two weeks. <laughs> That'll be the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. 
बाय